To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 111. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to discuss what we do best in that sports. But first off, we want to appreciate all the love and support we've been receiving. Make sure that you are following us on our social media handles on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. And make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, however you like to listen to your podcast on your favorite platform and leave a review if you can. If not, just hit the stars and let us know that you think that we're stars and give us five-star ratings you know what i'm saying but anyway the fellas are in here big news to get to i'm not gonna stand in the way of it we got a lot of sports news to get to what's up fellas how y'all feeling yeah man get out the way bro we got a lot to talk about we got a lot to talk about i'm excited to do this man it's 111 111 yeah i'm feeling good man i'm not gonna hold it up either i'm getting out the way quick this time so go ahead and take it over bro i'm ready to roll also, I want to mention that if you're in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, you can catch us on the radio every Thursday, um, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the radio. That's 99.1 FM, only in New Orleans and Baton Rouge at the moment. So if you're in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge market, be sure to check us out in between that time on Thursdays. Uh, fellas, the biggest news possibly of the sports scene, just when I thought we got the biggest news yesterday, we'll get to that in a moment. The biggest news dropped today, and that's Seattle's Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos, man. In a huge deal, Denver sent over Noah Fant, Drew Locke, two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick. And in return, they received Russell Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick from Seattle. Uh, many said that Denver was one quarterback away from being a true contender because that defense is solid. They have uh, some stud receivers. They have a stud young running back in Javante Williams who showed a lot of promise in his rookie season. Literally the only thing they said that they had <laughs> that they needed was a quarterback uh, in the past five years since uh, – well, in the past decade since the, the sheriff retired from Denver, the – the QBR for Denver Broncos quarterback has been ranked 29th in the NFL. It's terrible. Uh, this past campaign, we saw Drew Luck, Drew Locke and uh, mostly Teddy Bridgewater try to take the reins, and it didn't quite work out. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't looking too good. He got hurt. Drew Locke didn't look much better. Um, so it seems like the Denver Broncos have finally solved their quarterback issues, guys. Um, but my question to you is that will this tip the scale for them? And what is the outlook of the AFC with this team big getting a quarterback like Russell Wilson? Uh, I'm just going to go through his stats with you guys. I mean, Russell Wilson here has – I'm not going to go through his stats. You go through it. 
You know his, you know his record. You know his record. <laughs> you just put that on the listeners right there, like <laughs> just tease them really, really quick. I'm about to give you the stats. You know what? Now nah, I'm gonna take it back. You go figure it out. <laughs> you know yeah, his work. You know, hold up, just right quick before you go low. Since since he teased the listeners right quick, let me just get the listeners the stats right quick. So Russell Wilson for his career over thirty seven thousand. Passing yards, 292 touchdowns, 87 interceptions. He actually has a QB rating for his career of 101.8. We know that he's one of the prolific uh, passers in the league, and he's been one of the best in his time of his career. So, you know, listeners, I'm not going to leave y'all hanging like that. I got to go ahead and give y'all the stats since since Rob teased y'all real quick. (laughs) You got to add some suspense to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's – you look at that acquisition, you look at – the, these past off seasons, that is the move to go, right? The league is a copycat league. Everybody follows trends. Everybody's trying to hop on trends, right? You got, you know, you, you guys already know where this is going. This is turning into a real segment. I think we turned this already into a real segment. I'm just it. go two years ago, you talk about Tom Brady going to the Bucks, right? They win a Super Bowl. You go this year, right? You talk about the the Los Angeles Rams, right? They go and get Matthew Stafford, who's in a losing situation, who hasn't won for years. We all know the story. He wins a Super Bowl. Now these teams this year, they're, they're looking at it like there's no price on the quarterback. Everybody knows it's a quarterback-driven league, right? You have to have a quarterback in order to win, right? You look at a team like the Saints. They don't really have a quarterback right now. You look at a team like the Colts. They don't really have a quarterback. Look, right come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> look at hey, you. Hey, <laughs> you about to make me hit you with that Kawhi right quick. Hey, 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 hey. hey, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I really think you look at that. These teams, these GMs are looking at the situation, right? And they're like, there's no price. I'll give up my first round picks. You look at Seahawks. The Seahawks have paid probably the highest price that you've seen these past offseason that's been paid for a quarterback. Right. The Rams, they gave up two first. You look at the Seahawks, they got two first. They gave up two players. They gave up two second round picks in order to get a Russell Wilson. Now, we can argue who's better as far as Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, but they're following these trends as far as (laughs) we can argue. That's for another day. I just got some faces for the listeners when I said we can argue that. But anyway, we got they're following this trend, and I just think that it's been great, man. It's been great because these teams are getting aggressive now, and it's just only going to make the league fun. Yeah, uh, like you said, man, I, I do I agree with that approach. You got to go get your guy. You got to go be aggressive. So everything that they gave up, I still think is honestly reasonable for the place that it puts them in the packing order in the AFC. You know, as you kind of alluded to, Rob, I mean, the AFC at this point, we talked about it in the past and we talked about the quarterbacks and the young and developing guys that have turned their teams and contenders. And we're thinking about Patrick Mahomes and what he's done for Kansas city. If we think about, you know, what Joe Burrow has done to elevate Cincinnati. If we also think about, you know, a guy that we have over there and Josh Allen, what he's doing with Buffalo. And so you're seeing all these guys and seeing these quarterbacks. And now you see Denver really get kind of, what is the missing piece to their team? You already alluded to it. We're talking about the weapons that are surrounding him from a receiving standpoint. When you think of Cortland Sutton, when you think of um, Jerry Judy, when you think about the running game that you have uh, with Javante Williams and whoever else you may end up having back there, the pieces are there. 
uh, the pieces are in place for them to take that next uh, leap. And even when I think about specifically looking at that AFC West and thinking about the quarterbacks that are now in that division, when you have a division where Derek Carr is definitely visibly easily your worst quarterback in the division, uh, that lets you know the level of competition. When you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes there, when you have a guy like Justin Herbert there, now you throw Russell Wilson into the mix. The competition is just going to be crazy in that division and also in the AFC. And so you had, you know, realistically, probably, I want to say five to six true contenders in the AFC this past year. You throw another one in the mix. Uh, so it's going to make things, it's going to be tough sledding, but it's a move that needed to be made. And uh, hats off to the Denver Broncos for actually being aggressive, not sitting back and waiting, but going and getting their guy. Yeah, I mean, Denver hasn't seen prevalent quarterback play since Peyton Manning uh, retired. So I, I think that they're excited down there in Denver. And um, I know that Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are excited, more excited than anybody <laughs> that they finally got somebody that they can get them the ball. But Russell Wilson, I mean, it, it was it was I think it was a situation in, even in Seattle. I don't think he's leaving such a terrible situation. Um, he had the weapons, but I think that that situation kind of got still. You had saw it brewing before this season that he was looking to move on. Uh, uh, Seattle was looking to move on. I think it was more so him and Coach uh, couldn't get on the same – Coach Carroll couldn't get on the same page. Um, do you think that that probably led to this situation that we're seeing now? Yeah, I think it played a part in it. I think in, in everything runs its course too. You know, we've all seen it with these quarterbacks that they just run their course and – you know, and I think Seattle had to make a choice. They already was um, low on first round picks when you think about what they gave up for, um, who was his name? Blitzboy. Uh, what's his name? You called Jamal Adams Blitzboy? <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Adams, man. Yeah. Jamal Adams. Yeah. He, I mean, how many interceptions does he have in his career? I mean, yeah, I just never heard really, that man called Blitzboy. I mean, that's really all he's really good for. But anyway, so um, I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, you know, we had our, our talks and stuff about Jamal Adams coming into the draft. And I don't know if we can argue later on about was he really worth the first two first round picks or not. But so, again, they had to back to my point. They had to, you know, find a way to rebuild that team. Right. It was already kind of top heavy with Russell Wilson's. Uh, contract and so they had to get rid of him they got a bunch of young pieces in return I really think they did well in that deal I really do think they did well especially if they can get a young guy like a Malik Willis with that ninth pick that they just traded for you can get that guy and you still have those young pieces you just got a young mobile guy on a rookie contract and now you're rebuilding that team the same way now you got additional first round picks additional second round picks you can build that team kind of, again, building a, a nice, solid defense. You already got your offensive weapons. You maybe draft a running back with your second first-round pick, right? You bring in one of those type guys who's going to probably go second round or end of the first round. Now you have the right pieces to make a quick rebuild, um, depending on, obviously, how well Malik Willis comes out. Yeah, and that's that's what made them special when they had Russell Wilson on his rookie deal. Like, that's what made that team special in the Legion of Boom era. And so I think one of the worst spots to get stuck in, you know, as an NFL franchise is really that mid-tier. 
And I believe that, you know, that Seattle was kind of getting stuck in that mid-tier. That's the worst spot. If you're on the back end, at least you're getting those higher picks and you can maybe have a turnaround from with the talent that you're receiving from there. And then, of course, at the top end, being a contender is where you want to be. So when you're stuck in that middle ground, I think you have to look at all avenues. And so I do think that maybe that has something to do with it, as you mentioned, the Pete Carroll dynamic and the relationship there. But honestly, just as a franchise, you know, they just have to go in that direction. You have to you can't get stuck in purgatory. You can't get stuck in that middle ground. You have to, you know, find a way to try to elevate yourself to contention or at least get the pieces that can get you back to that point. And so I think that the era had pretty much finished. It had run its course with Russell Wilson and it's time for them to look towards the future now. Yeah, good points by you guys. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, that man, Aaron Rodgers, will be staying in Green Bay with the Green Bay Packers. It was announced today. Uh, it was originally announced that he was going to sign a huge contract, but we won't mention that. Uh, but we know for sure that he has committed to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we know that he hasn't signed anything yet because he came out himself from the horse's mouth saying that he hasn't signed anything, but he has committed to the Packers. Um, so far as it being reported as we record today. So I, I have to leave that disclaimer. Uh, but how, how amazing is that um, uh, the NFL after losing, you know, after the NFC, after losing a star like Russell Wilson, they're able to retain maybe arguably the best quarterback in the NFL uh, coming off an of MVP year in 2020. Um, it, I think it's a, a good thing uh, to, to see a guy of his caliber to, to, to say that he's going to commit. But I think what's more most interesting to me is the leverage that Aaron Rodgers proved that he had. <laughs> I mean, you think about all the drama he started prior to this season, prior to this season to at the end of the season, say, ah, I'm coming back. You know, he just kind of showed the franchise to me what power he holds and, you know, for him to come out and perform really well because he was on his way to winning – maybe another MVP. Um, but, you know, he, you know, the guy is stellar. I mean, the talent is there. Uh, he's setting grounds for Devontae Adams to come back. And the Packers are a real true contender of making it to the Super Bowl again. And I think that Aaron Rodgers knows that, which is why he resolutely made the um, decision to come back. But um, what are y'all guys' thoughts on that? And what are the outlooks of the Packers right now with him coming back? Yeah, I'll touch on that quickly. Um, you look at this situation, and it kind of reminds me of uh, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? When you look at this situation where they drafted his replacement in 2020, where we thought eventually this guy was going to take over. But when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who runs off back-to-back -back MVP seasons, what can you do, right? How, what can you do? And this guy, you really literally – Pissed, pissed him off to a point where he really said, okay, I'm coming out here. I'm going to make it difficult for you guys. You want to draft a quarterback? I'm going to give you guys these difficult off seasons for the next couple years and keep you guys on the rope and decide, you know, am I leaving? Am I going? Am I, you know, doing this, this, this back and forth that he did. So, but again, when he does back-to-back -back MVP seasons, like he did, and he put up the numbers he did, you have no choice but to re-sign this guy. You know, again, he's, going to be 40 years old by the time this deal ends he'll be 44 years old and he doesn't look like he's slowing down so what this tells me is Jordan Love now will be playing for another team at some point there's no way you look at a guy that's already been sitting two years behind Aaron Rodgers that he's going to sit another four years a total of six years of his career 
behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he was a first round uh, quarterback. He was drafted in the first round at the end of the first round. So again, they're going to have to, at this point, that's what that tells me. The writing's on the wall with Jordan Love. And, but again, they didn't have a choice. Aaron Rodgers put them in this situation to where they had to bring this guy back. Would you go, you can't lose an MVP quarterback, <laughs> you know, at this point for nothing, you know, especially coming out back to back MVP awards. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I can't really say it any better. You know, I think that you really explained the whole situation and, and the thing about it, like you said, their back was against the wall. They had to kind of see what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. And um, he elected uh, to come back. And I think that for him as well, I think that honestly staying, you know, over there, staying in the, NFC, in the NFC is maybe a better situation for him, honestly, right now. Of course, you have the Rams that you're going to deal with over there, the defending champs that you face. Um, you're going to see kind of the, the situation in Arizona is kind of touchy right now. We don't know what's totally there. Cowboys, you know, they're kind of there, fringe there, but we never know if they can really get over the hump. And so as we as talked about many times of kind of all these young quarterbacks that are coming up in the AFC, kind of all these contenders that you may have to deal with, I think, honestly, Green Bay is probably the best spot for him to be at this point. You know, he has those weapons that are around him. They're going to figure out that Devontae Adams situation and make sure that he stays in the fold there. And so um, I think that, you know, it was good to go ahead and, and go ahead and get it figured out and, and go ahead and commit because this also puts you in the place from a free agency standpoint of any of those ones who are out there who want to go to that contending team who want to make sure that that's in place. Now you've let the world know that, hey, I'm going to be back. So any of y'all guys that want to come and join the party over here, if some of y'all even from Tampa Bay, because I've heard, of course, the reports that they're letting some of their guys go in, you know, in free agency and really exploring free agency because of Tom Brady stepping away. And so um, when you see kind of what's out there on the market, I think Aaron Rodgers getting this done was the right move. And, and Green Bay can then go out and potentially even get more uh, to surround him. So. The outlook for them is great. I know that I saw that even their Super Bowl odds instantly improved from 15 to 1 to 12 and 1, uh, 12 to 1, uh, just because of that decision. So, hey, I think the, the outlook is bright, bright for them. Yeah, and thank you for correcting me, Lowe's. I misspoke. I don't know what I was thinking. A-Rod definitely won back-to-back NFL MVPs. I'm glad I was able to correct that because sometimes I listen back to some of the things I mistakenly say. I'm like, I wish I could go back and say, <laughs> recorrect that. But yeah, um, A Rod, amazing player, um, a very arrogant player, but rightfully so. He's one of the best in the league, probably one of the best in the business. Um, uh, I enjoy watching him play. He can really spin it. Uh, the Packers, uh, Packers fans are excited as well as the the, the Seahawks fans. So we're going to see what happens next, man. Let's keep the Broncos it. Broncos fans, maybe. What I said, the Seahawks fans, but it's all good. Oh. <laughs> the Seahawks fans hurt right now. Yeah, they hurt right now. They sick right now. <laughs> yeah, Denver fans are, are great. It's going to be hard getting used to Russell being in Denver. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it is different. It's different. Yeah, I mean, real quick before we move on, and it's been church that Von Miller, even going back to 
So we'll see bro, how that turns he out. Kind of, he's gonna make it to the Rams, bro. Von Miller's a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, dog. No, there has been talks and reports of that, though. Yeah. You got to think what Von was uh, kind of hinting at it with those tweets a couple of days ago. He probably kind of knew that they were Denver's getting Russell. Man, what kind of situation would that be? You win one a Super Bowl in LA, then you get to go back home to who raised you and win another Super Bowl. Uh, cause he, you know, he won Super Bowl MVP with the Broncos originally. I mean, it's like, okay, I'm gonna take a season off, take a vacation away from my team, go win a Super Bowl, and uh, I'm back, I'm coming back home, guys. Like, what, what, like, perfect only in the NFL, man. Yeah, only perfect in the situation. Hey, you got that luxury, definitely take it. <laughs> yes, sir. So we'll keep it in the NFL, which I thought would would be the biggest news of the NFL, and that's Calvin Ridley, who has been suspended at minimum, the whole entire 2022 season, upcoming NFL season, for placing betting wagers um, on NFL games in the 2019 season when he – was it 2019 or 2020? 2020. 2021. 2021. Oh, man. We in 2022 now. Right, right. The pandemic made me lose track of years. But anyway, in 2021 – Placing wages when he stepped away last season, which 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 thrashed my fantasy football team when he's decided to, to pretty much sit out the rest of the season due to mental issues. Well, it's, it's uh it turned to find out the investigation NFL has flagged him for betting on NFL games on actually on Atlanta Falcons games. Uh, he was able to be founded because his address is in Georgia and he placed the bet in Florida, uh, which flagged his bets. And that's how the NFL was able to partner with whoever he used, whatever site he used to, to know that it was Calvin Ridley. Uh, according to Calvin Ridley himself in tweets, he betted $1,500. He does not have a gambling problem. No one should judge him. And everyone that knows him knows his character. That's from what he said. But he did take accountability and say that he know what he did was wrong. Um, but the NFL has laid down the hammer. Thoughts on the suspension? I know it's been very controversial because it has some kind of way made its way into people comparing to how the NFL handles domestic uh, abuse cases. Uh, but do y'all think the suspension was uh, suffice? Do, do you think that was a good suspension? And and what are y'all thoughts on a millionaire losing his eleven million dollar year salary because of fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah, got to be the world of the worst bets in the history of it. <laughs> worst. I've never seen nobody bet something <laughs> lose that much <laughs> in my life. So, but I mean, <laughs> thinking about the um, just alone, thinking about the suspension, I do think just initial thoughts. It is harsh, but I think they have to make an example. They have to. They can't let this go and then you have players that are actually going on the field putting money on themselves throwing games and then you take the integrity of the game 100 percent away then people then you lose your whole product then people don't trust the game then people don't want to see the game you have this whole theory so they had to set an example for him they couldn't have him do this and then roll out yeah he's suspended for two games and nfl players like shoot well me going ahead they only giving out two games for this then you know, let me go ahead and try to do this betting on the side. So that, that's the interesting part about it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you that they had to kind of set the precedent because it really could have got out of hand. Um, but my thing is, too, you know, I feel that the NFL, I want to make sure that they're doing their due diligence with Stephen Ross. You know, we heard that he was basically telling Brian Flores to, to throw games 
and he was going to give him money to essentially, you know, not uh, basically win games. You know, he wanted him to lose games to kind of up their draft spot and all that kind of stuff. So my thing is they better make sure that they do the necessary investigation into that because that's a slippery slope as well. But honestly, with the Calvin Ridley stuff, I mean, you should know that this is something that that you don't need to be doing. Like, you should know this is something that you can't do. It's not worth it for for his regard for little petty bets like that. For him throwing out fifteen hundred dollars, that's so petty for him, and so he shouldn't even waste his time with that. To be honest, he shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I was distraught. I was so confused about why would he make that type of decision? Why would you put yourself at risk? I'll reiterate this. He lost $11 million of this year. His Last year, his contract is voided because of $1,500. Not only that, the Atlanta Falcons had invested in him. He was their guy. After moving on from Julio, the legendary Atlanta receiver moved on to Tennessee. They had made, they had let, they let Julio go because they knew that they believed in Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley has been an interesting story all season. Like I mentioned, he missed uh, the majority of the season last year. He was up for a big season because no more Julio. He was supposed to be the guy and he couldn't finish the season because of mental issues. And now you have this, he's suspended and going to miss another full year because of betting. So it's just an interesting case. I, I don't know what Calvin Ridley's head is, um, but hopefully he learns from this. And I, I agree. I think the suspension is warranted when the integrity of the game is threatened. I get domestic abuse and I do, I'm not, a, I'm not, of course, all three of us, I can speak for us. We do not stand for domestic abuse against women, but I think that these two are, those two are two different issues and should be handled differently. And I think that the NFL acted appropriately and, I mean, if he's suspended beyond this year, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because it's like Ramon said, the severity of his actions could open up Pandora's box, which the NFL does not want to see. Absolutely. And then the crazy part, just a small tad bit real quick, is how they found out that he was doing this. The NFL now is partnered with these betting sites, right? So when you're partnering these betting sites, it takes a you know, your information, it takes your social, it takes your address. So even if you're trying to use an alias or a, a, a fake name or anything, your social don't lie, you know, and so they can track you now. And so that's so interesting that now they actually did that research by going to one of the partners and say, hey, do you have these guys? They can probably run the database and see, hey, all these are all the social of all our guys we have in the field. You got anybody that's betting and do that, you know? And so it's interesting. I'll just say, they better stay away now. The NFL getting sharp on this stuff. Yeah, on the flip side, they say that the NFL is on pace to make a billion dollars in revenue from betting. So, I mean, they got to protect that as well. <laughs> you know, they got to protect that type of partnership. A lot of money on the table uh, on there. But, all right, so we'll we'll touch on the NBA. The NBA is heating up uh, the Lakers forever. Uh, just, you know, Real quickly, I mean, as fans, we're struggling. And, um, I mean, LeBron dropped a 56-piece the other night. He set out against the Spurs, which interesting enough. But after that Spurs loss, we know it's no stranger. Westbrook is, percentage-wise, the worst three-point shooter in the NBA currently. Um, he's playing. He's having one of his worst seasons uh, statistically. Maybe stat check me on that. Um, but it, it appears so. Even by the eye test, he looks like this is the worst year he's ever had. 
Uh, but I mean, of course, in in, in LA, we don't play, um, and they they're 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 letting him have it. They're letting him know that he's playing well. But what's concerning to me is that his wife came out and said that they've been receiving death threats, which I'm not with. I know I speak for all of us when I say we're not with that. Like nothing is that serious. Um, death threats to his family. He he's even said in the press conference that he doesn't like to bring his kids to the games because he's afraid of being called names and stuff like that. So I don't stand for nothing. There's no excuse for that type of behavior. I'm not with that. And I feel like those fans aren't, they don't represent true Lakers fans because I know as a Lakers fan, I do not want any bodily harm to be done to Westbrook at all. He is just performing, doing, playing a sport that he loved. But that's most concerning to me. He he really kind of uh, was very transparent in it, in a press conference. It was very concerning to me. Yeah, no. I agree. I think that it was very concerning as well. And I think it's it's one of those things that, as we mentioned, fans are just taking it too far. You know, anytime that we talked about Russell Westbrook, whether it's been on this podcast or off this podcast, it has never been personal. It's been about what's happening on the court. It's been about what he's producing on the floor. It's been strictly that, strictly what he's doing from that aspect and never anything personal. And so when you get to the point that you're throwing out death threats when you get to the point where you're doing all these, having all these insults and names to the point that, as you mentioned, he doesn't even want to bring his kids, doesn't want to bring his family around. That's when it's just going too far. And there's really not a place out there for that, you know. And so hopefully uh, things will improve in that aspect. Those fans, you know, if they're seen doing some of that stuff or if that's tracked down and need to be banned completely, something needs to be done about all of that. But that's definitely not what we stand for. And that's not anything that his family should have to face at this point. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with that, man. When he is that transparent, we know we've known Russ to be one of the guys that's been tough with the media. He's been a guy that's, you know, you probably he's probably been snappy with the media at times. But when he opened up like that, that just shows where the level is at. And, you know, I know he's, his wife has been on social media defending him with the whole Skip Bayless. You know, Skip Bayless wanted to come out and, you know, call him Westbrook and then, you know, obviously fans and stuff take off with that, you know, and it, and it is disrespectful because it's disrespectful to his name, you know, and I know, again, he hasn't had the best season, right? And a lot of this is probably, you know, results of that, you know, winning cures all, but, you know, I, I think, again, there's a human aspect of it, and I really appreciate him saying, hey, you know, this is a problem, you know, and showing that, you know, not trying to be this tough exterior, like, it does take wear on your mental health every day with somebody constantly saying something you know somebody keep telling you something every day every day it's going to wear on your mental health I don't care that these athletes feel like they have some type of mystique and they can't be touched oh they got a lot of money they don't have these issues they shouldn't have these issues no that's not the case these guys deal with it they probably 10 times worse than what we do they have the pressure on them to perform and if they don't perform they know what's coming they better not touch social media it's a different day and a lot of people say oh that's weak but again we're all humans Right. And we all go through things and we do not want to be told every day that we suck, you know, or we somebody changing our name to Westbrook, you know, and you constantly hearing these things, you know. And again, Skip Bayless with his platform blocked Russell Westbrook's wife on social media, but want to continue to spout his negative negative stuff out on his big platform, but don't want to take any of it back. So I don't get that aspect and I don't respect that aspect. If you're going to talk your trash, don't block her. You know what I'm saying? Let it accept all those opinions, just how you throw out your opinion. And I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, man. So I mean, that's ridiculous. Again, uh, no, no, none, nothing on our platform. As we always say, as Ruben said, we talk about the performance of the player on the floor, all that personal stuff, uh, suicide. I mean, that sort of side of uh, threats towards him and everything that that they gotta stop, man. And anybody that listen to us, man, if you've been doing that, don't do that, man. That's not cool. But not to wrap up on a somber note podcast that we think that we've spent our time uh appreciate you for hanging out with us this long we're gonna go ahead and wrap up and get on out of here make sure that you're following us on o underscore bench warmers make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and man leave us a review share with a friend uh just tell tell word of mouth tell somebody about us uh just let them know uh how the opinionated bench warmers get down and until next time we're out of here